Well, good morning. My name is Stephen Riley. I'm lead pastor here, and it is a blessing to serve you as well. Um, I'm going to ask uh, David to turn the lights up because I don't want some more. I don't want y'all to get sleepy and fall asleep on me on this message. This is such an important message in my heart for you. The first of uh, three parts for why uh, uh, new family ministry at Living Waters, and and I'm really not going to get real practical about church things. Um, we. I do have in our hearts that uh, we're since launching new family ministry. And and when I first started saying and doing these things, now those lights are really bright on me. I don't know if you can do it more out there. I'm really awake right now. Wow. Okay. So help me with that uh, uh, a little bit if you can. So the... um, the, the, I, I was saying, you know, this is a new vision for 2022, but as we kept talking about it as, as leaders and board, it, was, it wasn't something to wait a few months till January and February rolled around. It's the time is now. And that's, that's the urgency that we feel as leaders that this uh, launching and uh, reestablishing and actually birthing some new things in family ministry needs to start now. And so we're really open uh, in our hearts for uh, what, th- what that's going to look like. We're doing a lot of discussing and, and, and learning and, and praying about that. In fact, you need to feel comfortable to send us suggestions. And, and uh, Dave, if you can go to that last slide and just throw up our email addresses, uh, if you could, and say, hey, I just want to encourage you to get, get to us ideas and suggestions through our email at any time. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, we just want to... If you have any ideas and uh, to use these uh, email addresses, and we want to process those and be continue to thinking and praying about it, and we we believe we will unroll some new things even as early as November for us as a church wide family to participate, because there it's really about us as a spiritual family embracing the heart for children and young men and women and parents, and marriages, it's really all of us having this heart and expressing that as, as a family together, as a team together. And so uh, really looking forward these next couple of months. Month, um, the, the month of November is going to be <laughs> really tremendous. Uh, to remind you, November 7th, Doc Shell, who is just, if you haven't heard him preach before, is, is just a, a premier preacher and uh, a longtime friend of, of our uh, family here, and so he's going to start off on November 7th. We're also going to have um, a special cover dish dinner for those pioneers who started the church back in that first decade of the 1980s, and that's going to be so much fun. Uh, but we, as the Lord really did, and, and I think we'll hear it from Doc Shell. he and I have been on the phone, uh, we'll hear it from him that God is not just you know, having us celebrate what he's done in the past. There's so much to celebrate. You could do it for weeks and weeks. But he's empowering our future. That this 40th generation, 40th year generation, that's been pioneers and born fruit throughout the world, has a blessing release for us. God has a blessing release for us for the next 40 years. And that empowerment is going to happen in a, in a marked way in the month of November. So November 14th, uh, Dr. Buddy is going to be uh, speaking that morning. And not only did he give his life to Christ in the 90s at this altar, uh, but 
God birthed ministries of evangelism to young people. He was a coach, a teacher, and now our superintendent of schools impacting the younger generation in, 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 in a very skilled and, and fruitful way in his life. So we're going to hear from his heart and we're going to be empowered. And then that November 21st is a blessing service where there's a blessing release from the encore generation to the younger to empower us into our future with a big banquet at that time. And that banquet on the 21st is going to be that, that time where we, we release our faith and giving to say, God, provide for us leadership in this new family ministry, particularly in student ministry. And that is, in a sense, uh, you know, what we are doing. We're already in the, as a board, uh, developing a search committee for that leadership role. So again, the time is now. It's not next year sometime. The time is now. And looking forward to how God's going to answer our prayers with all that. Today's title of the first part of the series is Cleansing Our Family Tree. And it's interesting how, you know, a beautiful tree uh, is, is alive, it's healthy, and it's a symbol of our family lines, our ancestors. And then as you go up, as our ancestors go down, uh, is, is descendants, right? It's, it's that vertical line, lineage up and down. And God wants to cleanse our family lines so that blessings can flow unhindered through us to the next generations. And so next Sunday, Lord willing, I'm planning on having a, a teaching on blessing, to receive blessing from God and to be able to give blessing to our children as well. And that'll be next Sunday. These really are, are together messages. I'm going to ask you to turn to Ephesians chapter 3, starting at verse 14. This passage it's, is dear to my heart. It got underlined real good and starred in my Bible back in 1995. It's a long time ago. I was in my last semester of seminary working here as youth pastor and church education director. And uh, that last year was the fifth year to get through my Master of Divinity. Yes, it took a long time. And that last semester, I was doing a devotional in what they call Fletcher Chapel. It's kind of a small prayer chapel. And I'd been kind of, uh, you know, getting a little frustrated with the Lord because either in my devotionals or trying to study for something else and for school or whatever, I would get these, uh, and, and I just thought they were ideas, I just thought they were insights and uh, about family ministry, about building parents, about uh, discipleship in the home, about, uh, uh, you know, inter- bringing the generations together as a spiritual family in the church and how that blesses the family and home and and I was, because it was starting, it was getting frustrated because it happened so often, it was like a distraction. And I was hard, having a hard time staying focused on what I was doing. And I read this passage in Ephesians chapter 3, and it happened to me again. Let's read these couple verses right now. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And that last phrase struck me so much, it just launched me into another set of these insights, and, 
And, and I, I just was spending time on that. And I had a goal of, of reading through the whole chapter of Ephesians that day as part of my devotional time. And, but this phrase that from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name, it just kept hitting me. And I was meditating on it. And I, I said to God, God, why are you, you this? I can't stay on, I can't get, read past this. This is so amazing to me. Why am I getting so distracted with these things? And he said, Stephen, it's not a distraction. I've been giving you revelation about family ministry. One reason is because I had recently had twin boys. But the other reason, he said, is, and because this is what he was revealing to me, is I've called you in family, into family ministry. And so really, since then, I've always had this, this bent to be intergenerational in my ministry. That I saw the church as the family of God, as I was seeing the importance of spiritual mothers and spiritual grandpa, uh, grandfathers and grandmothers and spiritual parents, and, and how I was seeing the importance of discipleship in the home. And that became alive to me, and I said, yes, Lord, to that. I'm not going to call this a distraction anymore. And so as I begin this series, I'm letting you know I'm getting stirred in a fresh new way all over. Five years from that date in 1995, Delisa and I moved to Lancaster County, Pennsylvania to be a family life and youth pastor. And that was uh, as a result of this revelation that I received that day. Let us pray. Father, you're word is life-changing it's transformative that ephesians three fifteen changed my life that day lord there's something in this message either from the scripture or by the spirit that is going to transform lives today families today family lines family trees and lord i entrust you in that that lord we do not lead the same but lord you set us free and cleanse us in a new and deeper way, all for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. And for some reason, I hadn't really felt or seen, even though I believe God is creator, I haven't noticed and thought, well, he's the one that is the originator of family lines. He designs them in his mind as he's creating, and he has, and he launches them into existence by his word. That every family on the earth, whether it's English or whether it's Mexican or Russian, and you and I can't say those long, unusual names, it was derived in the heart and mind of God. It was these these family trees originate from the Father. He is the source of family. It was His idea, and He had in His mind to create uh, purpose and fruits of the Spirit and uh, destinies in our family lines. We read in the beautiful Psalm uh, 139 how in creation God is is intimately involved and how uh, in our inmost parts God is putting destinies in our body, mind, and spirit, even in the womb, and uh, even before 
uh, our eyes saw that we were unformed substance. Uh, uh, we were written in his book on all the days were ordained for us. So there is this dream of God. There is this source of family trees and and, and this family tree involves the spiritual family as well. He looks at us as a spiritual family. How we can give and apart to our spiritual children, sons and daughters. And so God wants to have a purifying work in our family trees. So that we, when we do... Uh, want to receive blessings we do receive can actually receive them and not block them and also pass them on now i'm going to go ahead and read the rest of this chapter in ephesians chapter 3 because again in verse 21 there is a reference back to this concept of all the families on the earth derives their names from god let's keep reading verse 16 that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So God has this invention of family trees in that for generation after generation, there is uh, passed down his godliness, his goodness, his promises, his power and strength. It's a destiny and their callings on our family lines and our family trees. So I want to say to you, this is encouragement. Your family tree originated... In the Father's heart for love, strength, power, and purpose. And that God has intentions to do even above and beyond what you are believing for. It is right to pray for your children. It is right to pray for your grandchildren. It is right to pray for your great-grandchildren. You can go beyond even if they haven't uh, been birthed yet. You can pray for the, on for the generation to the generation of your family line. It's right. It's good. God has purposes and callings in our family trees and what, who, and what we pass down. Now, uh, Stephen, but uh, I don't know about your family, but uh, my experience in my family was more of the opposite of blessing. There was a lot of pain, abuse, physical, sexual Abuse, verbal abuse, rejection, ungodliness, hurt. I had to get away from my family to find Christ. I had to get healed because of my inner wounds, because of what happened in my family. And it's true, no family is perfect. Even Christian families with godly moms and dads are not perfect. And this message today applies to all of us. 
that Christ has a way of cleansing our family lines, our family trees, so that blessings will not be hindered and they will flow. But this is a message to give you hope that you're not bound by your past. And God has blessings to give you even despite our past. And He has blessings and freedom and release to give. You know, we're more like our parents than we want to admit, aren't we? I have little habits. I have uh, things that as I get older, I can appear to be like my dad the older I get, even without trying to be that. We see young teenagers, and they end up going to college, and we don't see them for a few years, and now they're in their late 20s or 30s and see them, and you go, I see your dad, or I see your mom, and you have a, you, you, as you've matured, you ended up kind of adopting some of those traits and little, little gestures and things. Some things we're glad for, some things we're not so glad for that we become more like our parents. My dad, he turned gray late in his life, and I've got some gray coming up my sideburns, and if you're really interested, there's been people noticing gray here, and they like to point it out to me. They're so happy. Stephen's finally getting gray. I don't color my hair, if you're wondering. That people ask that question. But that's from my grandma Riley and my dad. Also got her wrinkles and triple chin. Thanks a lot, Grandma. <laughs> Passed through Dad. He had that too. I've got Dad's love handles. It doesn't matter how much I exercise, they don't go anywhere. I thought it was weird. My dad had a handkerchief with him everywhere he went. Well, folks, I carry two today. Who would have thought I would have adopted that in my little patterns of my lifestyle? My dad could blow his nose, let me tell you. And I've got that skill and ability. It's inherited. It's like a bugle blast. It goes throughout the house. It annoys everybody in the family. Michael's got that gift too. It passed down. Now, the shape of our nose did not come from that side of the family. It came from Granddaddy Kiefer, had a long-pointed nose. Michael doesn't thank me for his long-pointed nose, but he's got one. So we receive things and, and kind of become sometimes uh, things that our parents did or were like, and that's just kind of the way it is. However, in the spirit, there are issues that God has provided a way to cleanse what is passing down the family line. Have you ever been to the doctor and you have to fill out the long form and they're asking for medical history? Not just yours, but they ask about your parents and sometimes grandparents. They're trying to track certain diseases and things often get passed down during lines, family lines. This can happen in counseling and someone dealing with alcoholism or some other addiction. And it's so amazing how often, if you ask, what, has, what were your parents like and grandparents like the same similar type cycles? Justin Ross mentioned the cycle of poverty being needing to be broken in that young generation 
And that's why Christian education is so important to bring Jesus into their lives and his blood and salvation. Divorce sometimes can have a pattern and other things like that. Sometimes we like to use it as excuse. Well, I just have a bad temper. My mom had it and my grandmother had it. And this is the way we are in my family. I just, I'm sorry, just, I'm just going to have a bad You've got you to live with it. And we might use it as an excuse. Well, holiness and sanctification is where God, our Father, gives us. And that's what He wants from us. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 14. Hebrews 12, starting at verse 14. It says, pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. Let's not use our past and our bad habits, no matter where they came from, as an excuse. Because God says, the sanctification, the continual purification of your life, you must have that in order to see the Lord. If you say, forget holiness and purity, I'm going to stop in here, then that's when you start getting worse and worse and you succumb to all the temptations and your heart gets hardened and calloused and we don't know where you'll be with the Lord after a number of months or years of that. So Lord, our prayer is, my prayer for all of us, Lord, sanctify us today in our family lines today. We want a hunger and thirst for righteousness that's where our hunger and thirst is. That's where we get filled. Let's look at verse 15. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. See, there, it's amazing that a Christian can come short of the grace of God. Because God is the God of grace. He loves lavishing grace on us where he accepts us and he gives us empowerment to change. That's what grace is. is. It's a work of the Holy Spirit to change and be sanctified and be more like Christ. Well, we can fall short of that grace by we can block the flow of grace. And this is one of them right here. By a root of bitterness. A roots grow, right? Grow and go into different places. And so it's going to not just be, oh, this is my issue, my problem. I'll keep it quiet. No one will know. No, it does spread and it will end up grabbing something, someone, another relationship, another. And then suddenly you realize, oh my goodness, there's there's been, this has defiled many different things here in relationships. Verse 16, that there be no, uh, that there be no immoral or godless person like Esau who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterwards, when he desired to, in, desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought for it with tears. So Esau, just to review the story real quick, uh, just to put it in a, in a simplified story, he was the oldest in his family. He had a younger brother, Isaac. I mean, excuse me, Jacob. His father was Isaac. The sons were Esau and then Jacob. And because Esau was a man, though strong, though mighty, what a hunter. He, could, he, could, he was a man of, of other men. He could hunt and he could bring in all kinds of wild game. And it pleased his father. 
And he was known for his strength. And, but yet, he had sins of materialism and, and of, of, the, of the flesh. And so he came in from a big hunt one day, so hungry, and he smelled Jacob's best stew that he could, that he could ever cook and smelled it. And he said, oh, I've got to have some of that stew. Jacob, being a shrewd man, said, I will, but give me your birthright. Birthright was the special blessing for the oldest son. Esau was so tempted in his flesh, so tempted in material things, temporal things, he wasn't thinking about his... His children and his grandchildren. He didn't have the, the family ministry mindset that, Lord God, we've got to pass this down and bless the next generation. No, he was thinking of himself and his moment and his need right there. And he was hungry and he was starving and he saw that food and he said, Oh, I'll take it. No, I'll, I'll take it. Deal. And he gave away the blessing that only he as the oldest son can give that he could have passed down to generations to come. Lord God, may we not be uh, distracted by temporal immediate needs in our own self and be distracted away from holiness, purity, and therefore uh, hinder and block the blessings for our next generation. See, God thinks in generations. As we read early in Ephesians, that this mighty blessings of, 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 of strength and love and powers is for generations and generations to come. And he even ident- identified himself when he first started God's chosen people, the Israelites. He said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Three generations. That's down into the grandchildren. Grandparents, you are so valuable. God sees your families in three generations. And it could have said the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau, couldn't it have? But because of this sin in his life, he was diverted away from the blessing that he could have received and passed on. He was such, perhaps such a strong, able man. He's like, I don't need the family blessing. I don't need... Uh, Dad, what he wants to give me, I can do it on my own. I can make a name for myself. I can make it on my own. I don't need any help. Was that pride that day that said, I don't need the birthright? Was that the source of that sin? James uh, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says, But he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says, God opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will free, free, flee. <laughs> he will flee. He will run away from you and from me. That humility is an open door for grace. Pride is what hinders these blessings and the movement of grace. So, yes, we can fall short of grace and receive and block what grace that God has for us. So, sin is a blocker of the blessing, and so is pride is a blocker of the blessing. I want to go to a perhaps a common scripture because it's out of Exodus chapter 20. This passage is when uh, God gives to Moses the Ten Commandments. This is part of the Ten Commandments. 
It says you, uh, starting with verse 3 of Exodus chapter 20. I'm just going to read a few verses, 3 through 5. Exodus 20 says, verse 3, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children on the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me. I didn't put this, the next verse up there, did I? We want to read the next verse. The next verse is very encouraging. Because we go, man, why did God do that? Children are innocent. Why are, is this happening? It's a good question. The next verse says, But showing loving kindness to thousands, it's verse 6, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Thousands. That's many generations. To those who love me and keep my commandments. So we're seeing there's even a biblical place that refers to sins being passed down three and four generations. God is a God of generations. He thinks generationally. They can be passed on either just from the environment in the home, those sinful habits being picked up by children because they're watching mom and dad as they're, they're creating an image of God, both male and female, and so they're seeing the image of God, and it can just be uh, sin habits in the home, they pick it up, or it could be something actually in a spiritual, uh, uh, corrupted and sinful line being passed down. And that's why cleansing of our family tree is needed. And God provides, through His Son Jesus, cleansing. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 and 9 says, 7 through 9 says, But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Whew, praise God. It's the work of Christ, his sacrifice, that cleanses us from all sin. Uh, you have to obey and you have to apply this by faith, but your work is not good enough to be cleansed. It is from the blood of the Lord Jesus. That was God's plan. He, he created the family lines that all over the earth. They were derived from him and he provided a way to bring blessing because he knew there would be curses, there would be sins passed down, but God provided a way. I have a way to cleanse that family line and bring redemption. It's going to be through my son Jesus. Next verse. If we say, this is verse 8, that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. That goes back to humility again. We want God to remove the blinders off our eyes. We don't want to have pride that blocks that free flow of grace. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, confession, when you say, yes, oh, this is what I have done, Lord. This is what I've been, uh, my motivations have been going in this wrong direction of selfishness and of pride, Lord God. 
and you confess that, that's, that's a sign of humility, that you have humility. And then God is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from that past. Again, we are not bound by a past. We are blessed by the blood of Jesus. You might ask, well, Stephen, you know, what, how does this work with adoption? Because you have a, a natural set of parents, and then you have adoptive parents. What about this family line there? Well, adoption is actually an act of the heart of God. And he uses uh, that even to describe salvation for us in the New Testament. But just listen to this in Psalm 68, verses 5 and 6. A father of the fatherless, that's who God is, a defender of widows is God in his holy habitation. So you think about his holy habitation, the throne room of God. You're thinking the angels and the seraphim, they're flying around and they're singing these hallelujahs. And it's an awesome course, but it describes God as, hey, I'm a father to the fatherless. I'm sitting on this big mighty throne. There's this rainbow uh, of great colors and green uh, light coming out of my throne. But you know what? I'm a defender of the widows. His heart, it gets so practical that even out of the throne room, his holy habitation, he has a heart for orphans, for those who are fatherless, those who are adopted. Amen, Amen. Hugh Hudson. Verse 6, God sets the solitary, the orphan, the lonely in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. See, God actually has a plan, a way to set someone who does have a broken uh, uh, past where either they don't have parents that are taking care of them or have passed away. God has a way to set them in families, natural families, spiritual families. And so God's plans for the heart of the family ends up being uh, redemptive through many relationships, not just the mom and dad and brothers and sisters in the home. Because God sets them in. That's Part of what Father's Love Ministry does. It's Father's Love. It's the heart of the Father. And it doesn't matter what your background is or how things are going at home. You're going to find that family heart right here from the Father's heart. The Father's Love. In Galatians 4, 5 through 7, there's a description uh, of how adoption fits our New Testament salvation. That's one of the metaphors. And I believe that what happens is you get the best best of both family lines because adoption is a legal process. It's a a process that God set up. So it's not just a man-made creation. It's something that God set up. So I do believe that the blessings from the family line of the adoptive family are, are real and alive and the natural family as well. Use my man this morning. And you see a man who was adopted and he, ha- he knows the blessings of God of adoption. Galatians 4, verses 5 through 7. So that he, 
God might redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. We were once in the kingdom of darkness, children of the devil. We've been transformed into a kingdom of light. And adoption is one of those metaphors of how that uh, happens. That we're legally adopted by the Father through His Son, Jesus. We've been purchased. We've been paid for. It wasn't cheap. It was the death of His only Son. And that legal adoption for us puts us in now as a brother with Christ to receive the inheritance of heaven. The inheritance of the Father. And so an adopted child, they're coming into a new family and they receive the inheritance of blessings in the new family. And yet they have uh, effect from often the natural parents as well. And this can be a struggle and be a challenge because uh, the child, be it 10 years old, 15, 25, may not know who their natural parents were. And I think it's normal to have a desire for an adopted child uh, in particularly those junior high, senior high years often will have a desire. I'd like to meet my mom and dad someday. And then you hear these stories of in their 40s, they go on a quest and they find their mom and dad. And they see, wow, you know, I kind of look like you. That's kind of strange. No wonder I didn't look like my adopted parents. I look like you. And there's something settling about that. And God has blessings for them from the adopted, uh, from their natural parents. But I want to be honest too. That this happens, you know, you, oftentimes with any middle school students or early high school students, uh, they change, they go through these, these quick puberty changes and growth. And, and your cute little boy is not cute anymore. He's like, oh my gosh, what happened to him? He doesn't, uh, you know, mind me like he used to. So this can happen to any family. But I have found that in the counseling room that adopted children, when they hit uh, that puberty age of middle and early high school, can really go through some strong temptations they've never been through before. They can go through some really challenges emotionally and mentally. And it's like this whole thing of being passed down, the sins and curses passed down to third and fourth generation. Now because they're going into an adult body and now their mind can handle adult things because God is going to give them the grace to handle whatever they're dealing with. And it's, it, it's, it's shocking to the adopted parents. Look, look all that's ha- what's going on here. Don't worry, there is hope. Because... Through Jesus, we have redemption. We have new life. So I think there are blessings from both family trees and family lines, but there can be curses as well. And so that is a time where we use our faith to, uh, to forgive our ancestors and break off anything being passed down that's not godly. Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 through 6 says, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. See, he wants to release us from our sins by his blood. Release that past and that what's been passed down. Sin and curses. Verse 6, And he has made us to be a kingdom of priests 
to his God and Father, to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. See, that's his dream for us, that our past doesn't hold us back. Folks, we all have hope through the cleansing of the blood of Jesus. I want to give you a crash course on forgiveness. And that's how I want to end this morning with some prayers of forgiveness. Not just asking for forgiveness, but forgiving our ancestors. Because that is, that is the cleansing key to our family tree. So I'm going to just go into a, a, you know, a scripture here and let it kind of bounce off and let us look at this this thing called unforgiveness. It can be a seemingly a quiet, small thing, only affects yourself. No, it does more than that. It affects more than just yourself. Ephesians 4, verses 31 and 32 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. See, there's the first in the list, this, this bitterness, that unforgiveness that stays for a while. And we let it stir. It goes into other, other places, wrath, anger, and clamor, and slander. It goes, it, bitter roots spread and defile. I mean, verse 32, be kind to one, or one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. This phrase, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you, is a repeated phrase, not just Paul, but Jesus. And he gave a whole parable on this. He said there was this, this uh, great ruler, and uh, uh, one of his subjects in the kingdom owed him tons of money. He was just outrageous, the number. And, and he was due, and he could throw him in prison, debtor's prison. He said, hey, you know, you haven't paid your debt. I'm going to go ahead and just, no, please don't. Have mercy on me. Okay, I'll have mercy on you. He goes out the throne room there, goes and finds a, a guy that owns him a few dollars. Said, hey, pay me right now those few dollars. Well, listen, please have forgive me, forgiveness, have mercy on me. No, I'm going to put you in debtor's prison. And he did. And the, the ruler heard about it and said, what, are you, what were you doing? I forgave you and you didn't forgive the next person that did lesser than you. And so what God is saying, listen, I've forgiven you. You're saved. You're my child. Just go ahead and forgive your ancestors. I know it's, some of it's dark. Some of it's horrible. But don't wait till you feel warm fuzzies to want to forgive those that have hurt you. Go ahead and say, Lord, your word says it. It is good for me. I choose to forgive. Even if I don't feel it, I'm choosing to forgive. And help me stay consistent with this and not go back into unforgiveness and bitterness lord help me with this because it says be kind to one another and tender-hearted because your heart won't stay tender god likes a soft-hearted tender heart it won't stay tender it'll start getting callous it'll start getting hard with bitterness people will start noticing around your relationships won't be the same 
The Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Anger in, its sin, in itself is not sin, but letting it just grow in you and you keep it unresolved and you, it makes your heart callous and then hardened. So realize this, treat it seriously. Unforgiveness is the open door to more sin. And unforgiveness is a big blocker of blessings. So that's what I'm trying to do today as we go into a prayer in just a moment. Where you, in your mind, visualize, yes, I have some ancestors, parents, uncles, grandparents to forgive. That you know that God is is cheering you on, encouraging you. You can do this. You don't have to hold tight on to uh, that, that unforgiveness that turns into even revenge. Where you go, oh, I hope something bad happens to them. I'm not going to say that, but I think that often. And I, Lord, I don't know. I want to be more like you. Holiness is important to you and me. I, I don't want to block blessings from me to my descendants. Be it spiritual children or your natural children. Stephen, I've just gotten out of a relationship. God wanted me to get out of the relationship. It was, it was toxic. It was, it was full of rejection and hurt and pain. What do you mean forgive them? I'm not saying that you begin trusting them and enter back into a close relationship with them. I'm saying you forgive them from your heart and mind. It may be the wise thing to keep a safe distance right now because that person really may be detrimental and the devil's using to drag you down and so distance might be good but hey your heart's free because you've forgiven and released them to the Lord just like God forgave you and had mercy on you and me Lord, we believe in this prayer that we're going to go into in just a moment. That curses and sins are going to be broken off from our past. They're not going to come through me and my, my family into the next generation. Lord, they stop here in Jesus' name. Sicknesses and disease do not have to pass on into the next generation. Thank you for that. We block those diseases from our ancestors. Lord, things like rejection and divorce, early death addictions. Lord God, they do not have to come through. Lord, we trust you and you're the power of your cleansing blood. So there's basically three kind of steps I'm looking at here for us to do. And you at your seat before God. One is to confess our sins and the sins of our ancestors. What do you mean? How do you confess uh, sins of our ancestors? It's like you are being an intercessor for them. You didn't necessarily commit those sins, but you're recognizing them and being aware of them. That the devil wants to use them, but you're humble and say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive my parents, my mom or dad for such and such. You're confessing them first. Number two, then you forgive our ancestors for their sins that have impacted us. You forgive them, you release them. I know it could, it could have been just horrible, 
but I want your heart free. I don't want your heart to get hardened or calloused. And then thirdly, I want us to repent and ask God to forgive our sins. That we don't point the figure that someone else did it. It's just the, what tends to happen is that that next generation can have a, a tendency for the, for the temptation to influence them. It's not that they are destined to sin like their mom and, or dad. It's that that area of temptation is stronger. But the blood of Jesus is stronger than that temptation. And if sin has been committed, the blood of Jesus is strong to forgive, release, heal, and restore. I don't have this written out on the screen. I'm sorry. And I'm, I, I want to, and let's say by Tuesday, to get this a handful of prayers that I'm going to have us go through right now. I'm going to get them on the, uh, uh, the church email and let you have this at home. Because this may just stir up. I really need to spend time on this. I need to get a piece of paper out and write out because it's kind of too much for my mind to just track with right now. I've got a long list. Hey, take time with this. And write those names down and so forth. And then when you've repented and released them, burn it up, throw it away. But just... Bow your hearts with me. I'm going to say these prayers out loud. I'm going to review them as we go through them. Father, I confess the sins of my ancestors, my parents, and my own sins of. And just right now in your heart, just confess those sins. Your own and perhaps your parents, your ancestors, something that has been passing down, go ahead right now, just be aware of those and recognize them. Be humble about this. I'll give you a few moments. Next, I, Father, I choose to forgive and release my ancestors as well as all others who have influenced me for these sins and curses or for the consequences of my life. So choose to forgive and release that person, that, that face that's in your mind right now, that act that is in your memory. Forgive that ancestor, that parent, that uncle. We release them to you, Father. I don't want to hold that bitterness in my heart anymore I want it done I, I choose to forgive and I release them to you I ask you Lord to forgive me for these sins I've committed for yielding to them and to the curses I receive your forgiveness by your precious blood Right now, we receive your forgiveness, God. Oh, it's cleansing, it's washing, it's purifying me, making me new. Heal emotions right now, Lord. Heal memories right now, Lord. 
we release all that to you and we receive your forgiveness. Oh, your blood is that, that powerful. It redeems and restores our soul. Thank you, Father. Next, on the basis of your forgiveness, God, I choose to forgive myself for entering in these sins. That is a piece of forgiveness that we don't hold guilt and condemnation over ourselves. We have to remind ourselves, no, I've been forgiven. Stop putting yourself down, Stephen. Stop condemning. Lord, we forgive ourselves, myself. I forgive myself from entering in there. You don't want me to beat myself over the head. You want me to receive forgiveness and walk in newness of life. That's your promise. That's your promise of grace. Now this next is a declaration. It's a renouncing. It's we by faith are standing with what God is doing. I renounce the sins and curses of what you've been praying over right now, and we break these powers over our lives and from the lives of my descendants through the redemptive work of Christ on the cross. Thank you, Lord, that this uh, sickness, spiritual or physical, is not going down to our descendants. It's broken by the power of your cross, your victory over death, over sickness, over sin. Lord God, the blessings of the cross and resurrection are poured down to our descendants, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is where it stops right here. We renounce uh, uh, rejection, addictions, early death, sickness and disease, bad attitudes, Lord God. We rebuke them. They do not have freedom to be passed on to me or my descendants because of your powerful work, O Lord. We trust in you. Thank you, Lord. If, if you've been walking in fear over this, if you've been walking in fear, Lord God, this is it. This is the moment we trust in you, Father, that your work of Jesus is enough. I don't need to fear the future. I had a friend in town, a Christian man, who knew the date of, of the exact age to the day of when his father died early of a certain disease think it was a heart disease and he was coming up on it in a, a couple weeks and i prayed with him oh lord you f- that he was free from this that the blood of jesus sets him free he's doing fine that's over a couple years pr- perhaps later he's fine lord we don't walk in fear we walk in trust in you hallelujah Lord, we receive God's freedom from these sins and these curses. We receive the goodness of God, the goodness from our family lines, our natural and our adoptive parents, our spiritual parents who have invested in us. Lord, we receive those blessings, Lord God, of goodness, of purpose, of strength. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, that the blockages are, are, are being broken up. Lord God, so the flow of blessings can go from our family line, our tree, to the next tree, Lord God. Lord God, that, Lord, we're not blocking it with unforgiveness or sin or pride, Lord God. Lord, instead, 
your grace has opened it up. Your forgiveness has opened it up. And blessings are flowing. I'm going to let Julius lead us in worship here at the end. And I'll come in a, a closing blessing of this time together. Let's just stay before the Lord. You have received freedom. You have received forgiveness. You've received power. You received transformation this morning. Things are different because the forgiveness of God is at work with you because of the blood, the work of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Our Lord Jesus Christ, who goes before us, Lord God, you went before us, suffered for us, came to earth for us, died for us, and rose from the grave to defeat all evil, to break all curses. You became a curse for us. Well, God, that our family lines do not determine anything. Our past didn't determine anything, Lord, but your redemptive work of your cross and resurrection sets us free. Lord, we thank you that we have grace now to walk in forgiveness, to not go back there into bitterness. Lord, thank you that your grace empowers us, Lord God, to not walk in pride but humility. That, Lord Jesus, these blessings will flow. Lord, help us as as we get into this teaching next week, Lord, on how to bless our children and grandchildren. Lord, some practical things that we can do to release that Lord, in our own lives, families, and spiritual children, and spiritual grandchildren. Lord, we walk in freedom today. And our hearts are full of gratitude. Our hearts are full of gratitude. Thank you for your freedom. Prayer. Lord, thank you that this week is different. It's going to be different. Because of the cleansing of our family tree. That, Lord, blessings are flowing through us. And all because your blood, we're so grateful. Have a great week. Can't wait to see you.